Hello and welcome to the Engineer Your Success Leadership and Life Harmony Like a Mother show. I'm your host, Kini Romanovska, award-winning journalist turned maternity leave and working motherhood strategist and CEO at Pros and Babes. Being a new mom and working mom can be hard. And we believe you should never be alone with the overwhelm of figuring out work-life balance on your own. So this is the place where you, successful mom with small kids, working in competitive corporate careers or STEM fields, come to redefine your priorities and values after having kids. Find work-life balance, make sure you're on the same team with your partner in career and family, and find belonging in an outstanding community of fellow moms so that you can create a clear path forward and you're never alone with a crushing overwhelm, isolation, or fears about balancing life and work after kids again. Get ready to engineer your personal and professional success and find life harmony without compromising family happiness or health. Did you know that women tend to lose up to a million dollars over a lifetime compared to men because caregiving duties impact our career and financial outcomes? And that 40% of women feel so unsupported after maternity leave they feel like quitting, we're here to change that. It doesn't matter if you're pregnant, on maternity leave, or a working mom. If you love your career and want to build a life that helps you build success in personal and professional life on your terms, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Engineer Your Success Leadership and Life Harmony Like a Mother show. I'm your host, Kenya Romanovska award-winning investigative journalist turned maternity leave and working motherhood strategist. And in this community, we work with mothers in competitive and demanding careers who really want to have it all without burning out, without doing it all. So we bring you the best experts, the best tips on how to address all of that in every single pillar of your life. And today my guest is Carolyn Sissons. And I'm going to joke because there are so many letters after your name, wonderful credentials. You are a brainy mama and you are a number specialist really you're an entrepreneur so we'll talk about that we'll talk about your journey with numbers into entrepreneurship being a mom and as you can see here and on the screen uh, carolyn is, is hosting a giveaway with for our listeners of the show so you have a chance to um, pick up one of the decks of these learning cards for your kids to raise their financial literacy so we're going to talk about that you know, if you're watching us, type in the comments that you're watching, that you're interested in these cards, and you'll be entered for a chance to win. So I will pull that up on the screen later. But first, I want to welcome Carolyn. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I promise not to bore you talking too much about numbers, but I think it affects so much of our life and, and so much of our journey as mothers. So yeah, really excited to be here. We love numbers here. We love numbers where we love time management tools, money management tools, all of that. And in fact, in our mom BA community right now, it's money month. So we, we've been spending some time working on our mindset and opening ourselves up to even receiving more because we tend to be in doer mode and we forget to actually activate our receiving mode, right? And to elevate those numbers and make them work for ourselves. So Tell us, well, tell us about yourself to, to kick off you. As I said, you have CPA, CMA, CIA, PMP, and MBA. So your credentials are plentiful. You are a smart mama and you are also an entrepreneur. Tell us a bit about your career, about your family and what you're up to right now. Why are you excited about the finance learning lab? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I clearly need more hobbies. So uh, before my daughter was born, I kind of went on a mission to accumulate all kinds of different letters and education. Um, I actually had a very traditional corporate career. So prior to uh, starting my own business, I actually worked in very traditional large oil and gas and energy companies. I was accounting and finance director and um, kind of was going through a very traditional working nine to five that really felt more like nine to nine or maybe... <laughs> Maybe it was really long hours. And I really thought, you know what? I kind of want something different for my life. And I guess it was probably midway through the pandemic, I decided to start my own business. And I founded Finance Learning Lab. And uh, it's really all about bringing financial literacy and especially helping solopreneurs and helping startups and helping people that otherwise have a really hard time being able to access the financial expertise they might need with their business. Uh, really trying to make that so much more accessible for people. So that's kind of in a nutshell, a few of the, the things I've been up to. But uh, yeah, very recently, I kind of started getting into the um, a really neat project with my daughter. So she's seven years old and um, she was putting together a bit of a lemonade stand over the summer and I realized there was really nothing on the market I could use to help teach her about numbers and teach her about finances and all the things that I felt like I was dealing with um you know, I was fortunate that I had done all the education and I had like studied and really like gone through textbook upon textbook. But all the people that I worked with, a lot of times they're they they haven't studied those areas. So they're trying to run their business without kind of like they're missing one of the pillars of the financial knowledge. And I said, you know, how do I make sure that my daughter grows up really understanding these things? And it's intuitive. You know, she might not want to be an accountant, but how do I make sure that she knows enough about money to be able to be um, financially independent and be able to really make the right decisions. So yes. yeah, we did a yes. little project together and uh, created the cards and it's been really fun. We're just uh, just launching it um, actually just this week. So it's pretty exciting. <laughs> so tell, tell us more about the cards. And also, you know, we're promoting this show and talking about moms thinking about starting their side hustle or their business and not really it, it can be overwhelming to think about all those numbers so we'll cover that today too but let's dive into those cards because it's it could be a great tool for for parents reflecting on what they want to teach their kids about money so what what is this what is the lemonade stand what are the cards <laughs> going to teach your kids all right so the genesis story was my daughter was outside running this lemonade stand she was kind of looping all of the neighbors into buying her lemonade and um so ultimately it's these really colorful really bright cards and what they do is they teach you about 18 different concepts that are really critical for small business entrepreneurship, accounting, finance, um, and it teaches everything through the lens of a lemonade stand. So for example, if you're running a small business, you might hear a lot about, say, wages, for example, like that one there. And so how do you make sense of wages? Because it's not really a language that, you know, my daughter would know what that means, but it's kind of like when you have a little brother or a little sister helping you out and you end up paying them because they're helping you, you know, run to get the glasses or run to get the lemonade. So it's really full of, um, it's a set of 36 cards and it introduces kids to 18 different um, really important concepts. So they can play it as just a simple flash game or the way my daughter likes to do it is those memory sorting games. So it's kind of yeah. like the cards all face down and you're trying to kind of figure out which ones go with which. Um, and really it takes, it takes these terms that can sometimes be intimidating and just kind of 
puts them into very kid-friendly language that might actually even help moms <laughs> along the way too. So you might learn a thing or two uh, <laughs> as, the, as the parent there. So it was so much fun to put it together with my daughter. Um, the thing I realized with seven-year-olds is uh, they can be brutally honest. So the look and feel of the cards was quite different. The first iteration of it, I was so excited. You know, I kind of talked to her about it. I was like, what do you think of these? And she's like, no, not good. <laughs> so, so her and I went back to the drawing board. She's like, mom, I like this. Mom, I like that. No, change this one. So it was really neat to work on a little project like this. And um, I feel really lucky to be able to um, give her an opportunity to see entrepreneurship really in practice. So it was so much fun to put together with her. Um, so yeah, these are the cards that we're selling. We're selling them on our website. We are putting them onto um, Etsy, a few other locations. And long-term, we would love to get them into a few retail spots. So um, some little gift stores and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, it's been such a fun passion project to put together. Yeah, absolutely. And for, for those of you listening, again, just type in the comments you're listening and you might just be contacted by Carolyn and get um, a copy in the mail for, for you. Thank you we for making giving, my life. <laughs> we're giving away five free sets. So yeah. if you are the lucky person to comment, we will actually mail them to you and you can use them with your kids. Um, I think it's a really fun, neat way to do either as like a stocking stuffer, as like a birthday party type of gift that you can kind of add on. And um, yeah, it's one of the few ways that you can actually bring up some of these conversations with your kids just to start planting that seed right it's, it's not that necessarily as you know as a seven-year-old you're going to start kind of planning out your future but when you kind of start to have those conversations at a really young age I feel like kids start to realize the possibilities that they could grow up to be a business owner or that like it just opens one more door and one more window to them so yeah that's wow. kind of what it's all about we see that in the video there and thank you it's making my life easier because I have I mean I have sons and I have nieces and nephews and I'm already starting to think what can we do for Christmas that's meaningful? There, we're so used to getting a lot of stuff, but in our in the Mumbi community, one of the things we're talking about is actually creating a, a gift policy and and a wish list and a give list, and you know, with principles as supporting local businesses or something that teaches kids or the value of an experience. So this aligns with my personal values. It's so important for me to have conversations about money and financial literacy with my kids and I know that a lot of the women in our community are very passionate about that too so thank you for exposing us to that now when when it comes to making values driven decisions around money what is your framework for what you actually want to teach your daughter because there's so many ways to approach money and one of the things we talk about in, in this community is there's a million dollar wealth gap that women face because caregiving duties often shape our career choices, our career comes, our career trajectories. We live longer, we retire earlier. Those career breaks impact our contributions to our different savings and retirement plans. So already from from childhood, we, we start putting terms like budgeting and saving in girls' vocabulary and investing and taking risks for boys. And as a result, a lot in the financial industry, a lot of those instruments are geared towards men's lifestyles, men's longevity, men's career trajectories, right? So what do you want to teach your daughter uh, when it comes to wealth building, financial planning. I'm going, I'm, we, we've even talk, been talking about spending plans, not just budgeting plans, but spending plans in our community. It's more expensive. So what are you teaching your daughter about? Ah, that is wealth? 
such a good question, right? Like it really is. I think it's what you mentioned at the very beginning. It's like aligned to your own values. So I really look at it as like, there's, you need to be able to be financially self-sufficient in your life. Um, but you also need to be spending both your time and your money in a way that aligns with you. And I think you're absolutely right. There's so many um, biases in place that kind of, I think, put kid gloves on women and girls to think, oh, you only want a GIC or you only want a savings account. You know, you wouldn't yeah. be able to. Ha-. And it's, it's like, are you crazy? Like, are you, are you? we have longer, like longer investment time horizons. So I think it's just helping her realize that she's able to really like there, there aren't limits there. Some of it is just so deeply ingrained in our society. So you really have to be, I think, aware of it. One of the things that really caught me off guard, um, just actually two weeks ago, I was driving my daughter to school and she, um, has been hearing a little bit about the, it, it was, um, it was true. It was a little, it was when the election was going on and she actually asked me, you hey, mom, can, can a girl be the prime minister? And I was like, how is my daughter? Like, I feel like I'm very deeply involved in a lot of things to kind of promote opportunities for females. So I was really, really surprised that in our society she's still picking up on on cues like that so I think it's really about reiterating and having those conversations and realizing that it's not just one conversation to be had because we are living in a society that has all these really subtle cues that we might not be picking up on um so definitely trying to help her see and understand um first her own money um and also that there's more than one way to earn money so entrepreneurship can be um not for everyone but it can be a really good way to be able to break out of some of the barriers that people end up facing when they're in a corporate career. Um, You know, you can try to influence a lot of things from the inside and really be able to kind of attack some glass ceilings in there. But you also have the opportunity of, you know, just build something amazing, build build a beautiful business on your own and make yourself the the owner of it. And and ultimately, that is one of the paths that I'd like to just kind of see more role models and see more people that are doing their own thing in an entrepreneurship way. Because the role models that will resonate for one person might be different than what resonates for someone else. So I think the more people are willing to like talk about money, talk about entrepreneurship, talk about all of these different things, you don't know what is going to trigger for, who, you don't know what's going to trigger for who or what's going to resonate with a different person. So I think just kind of trying to get exposure to a lot of different areas. I know um, I was at the Alberta Women's Entrepre- uh, Entrepreneurship. They had a, an award yeah. ceremony and really trying to be intentional to have my daughter come and like sit on my lap so that she can actually see this and see more examples of people that are really being successful, creating their own path in life. So just hoping that, you know, she'll be able to see what I'm doing, but also getting exposure to what a lot of other people are doing. And you don't know what small little idea might spark. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm really trying to tackle with her. I love that you're exposing her to entrepreneurial role models and, and female role models in that regard, because we often say that what we can be, what we can't see. And again, in our community this week, in our group chat, we're talking a lot about the power of manifesting and visualization and those creative forces inside of us, forces to envision what we actually want to create. Even if we haven't seen a role model, being able to visualize it and dream it is a step in the right direction as well. I agree that entrepreneurship, it's personal development on steroids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's a way to completely 
to re-examine yourself, your beliefs, your values, what you can offer in this world. And so I, I agree entrepreneurship may not be for everyone, but if you feel called to explore it and you are willing to take some risks and bet on you, ultimately, you know, you're putting yourself on the stock market out there. When we invest, we invest often in large companies and, and stocks, but you are the most powerful stock there is. You can bet on you. So why not? Why not invest in you? Right? right? It's totally like Warren Buffett, one of the like most famous investors out there. Like the best investment you can make is investing in yourself. And and I think too, there's this notion of entrepreneurship as being really risky. And yes, there is like that you're taking away like the stable paycheck again and again. But I also think that when you look at 2021 and the next 10, 20, 30 years, um, jobs are not as secure as they used to be previous generations. And so if you were kind of taking the same notion, kind of like the parallel on the stock market or investing, you know, no one would say put all of your eggs in one basket. And sometimes that's what people do whenever they actually take a a very traditional corporate job where they're going to work for the same employer for the next 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. That's the equivalent of putting all your eggs in one basket. So Mm -hmm. I think I think everyone should at least one time in their life dabble with a side hustle. Like I just I think even if even to do it to realize that it is for you or it isn't for you, but I think you'll learn so much in the way uh, like along that path. And um, yeah, it's it's really about betting on yourself with a long enough time horizon that you can you can learn along the way and and make those adjustments and ultimately have far more financial security ten years from now as opposed to you know, worrying 10 years from now about like, oh, will I be, will I be affected by the next reorg that's largely outside of my control? So, so I think there's, there's risk involved, but it's just a matter of trading off. You know, I think sometimes we we don't think of all the risks that come along with traditional, you know, nine to five corporate type of jobs. Absolutely. And I'm seeing people are tuning in. So I'll put this up on screen just once more. Just let us know you're watching. Say hello. And Carolyn will send a pack of these cards to the first five people who manifest their desire essentially to have them. So a a lovely thing to receive in the mail. Um, Let's dive into the numbers, the wages, the, the things that hold people back right after I make a short comment on the risk. So I, I was in, I've actually worked in uh, media, private, public sector. And one of my biggest fears of staying in the public sector for too long is, A, you start becoming addicted to those what they call golden handcuffs because there are attractive benefits. But I was somewhat afraid of becoming obsolete. And so the longer I would stay in the public sector, I saw what I experienced being an entrepreneur and all the technology I had access to and government essentially being about 20 years behind in terms of what's there. So that was, I I felt like I, I I would get too comfortable in the public sector. Entrepreneurship pushes you constantly at the forefront of innovation, right? And and seeing so there's a stressful element to it, but there's also a very invigorating element that you know that you are really dabbling with with the latest on the market. So when we dive into the ideas of numbers and you know forecasting for your business, whoever here is listening and maybe considering, well, I may dabble with a business later and in my personal journey I went from having um like a personal I don't even remember the sole proprietorship to incorporating and making the decisions when should you incorporate and what do taxes look like and all of that and it's a journey it's like step by step you discover all the pieces and you build the connections and it kind of all falls into place but in retrospective it felt so daunting to 
look at all of that and, and think, wow, can I really handle a business? So what are some words of wisdom that you want to share with our audience today about anybody who's considering starting a side hustle, perhaps having a full-time business one day, what should they be thinking about writing down? If they were to write down like three ideas today, what would you tell them to do? Okay, so this one doesn't count as the idea, but growth mindset. I think that's so critical whenever you're starting a business because it is going to be normal that you're going to face some things that are going to be feel scary, right? So if you're looking at like taxes and how do you incorporate and how do you do all of those things, it's going to feel scary. But yeah. I think it's just a matter of remembering like people have figured it out. You will figure it out. It's figure outable, you know? Yeah. So, so I think it's just realizing that like, that's all part of, it's all part of the journey. Um, I would say three really practical things are um, build a forecast, which is really just a fancy way of saying like, plan out where your money is going to come from and where your money is going to go. And you can use um, different templates. You can use different software. Frankly, even if you just use the back of an envelope and you jot it down, what's more important is the thought process that you're going through. And you're going to want to come up with different variations of those forecasts because the reality is, um, you know, I was responsible for forecasting, I think a billion dollar portfolio in my, my previous, in my previous former life. And even that large, like you're going to get your forecast wrong. No matter how sophisticated your forecasting tools are, you're going to get it wrong. But what's more important is going through the thought process of, okay, if this, what will I do? It buys you a little bit of extra time. And sometimes when you're starting a business, that's what you need is some of that like confidence to say, if this doesn't work out, this will be my plan B and my plan C and yeah. my plan whatever. So I think it gives you like a really, a good sense of empowerment to actually put it down on paper. I think the second thing is kind of related to growth mindset, but it's really be willing to ask the questions. Um, a lot of what times people end up feeling, I think when it comes to the numbers is like, they don't want to admit that they don't know. So they'll, I've heard so many stories of people where they're just like yeah, nodding their head and they're like, mm -hmm. I have no idea what these people are talking about. They're just like nodding their head, going along with it because you're afraid to just kind of say like, I don't know. And what I can tell you is, um, at least from, from my own experience, despite having like countless letters after my name, I still remember not that many years ago where I was a, I was a finance manager in a big company. And even I was like, I, I don't quite know what this means and having to go back and do a Google search. Right. So if I'm kind of having those doubts myself, despite studying, like textbooks as tall as I am, just know that it's normal to not know all the answers and that it's okay to kind of, it's, it's okay to be willing to say, like, I don't know what this means, or could you elaborate on that? Or could you clarify, could you give me an example? Like, it is okay to not know everything at the very beginning. So don't let that make you feel like you're not well qualified to actually, um, to actually be a good entrepreneur and actually to make some of those things work. So yeah, I would say those two for sure. And um, yeah, just start. And I think the third one is like, get really um, curious. So it, it is going to take you some time, like be willing to actually learn. Yeah. Um, that's a large part of what, what and why I kind of created Finance Learning Lab was I looked at the landscape and there was not, there was a lot of information out there on personal finance I could find, but when it comes to small business finance, um, it can be really hard to find practical things. And so what I was finding was um, like people would be overwhelmed. They, they wouldn't know how to do different things. And um, so we ended up creating about 50 free educational videos on our YouTube channel that just 
it's really all about teaching and demystifying all things related to small business accounting and small business finance, um, just to kind of help to bridge some of that. Um, the clients that we work with are usually solopreneurs or maybe people with side hustles. But what we try to do is bookkeeping tacked on with financial literacy. So it's kind of like a little bit more of like a, of a value add, but we said like, there's no way we can necessarily work with every single business owner out there. So how can we try to make a difference in this space? And, and that's kind of part of the reason why, um, why I created the, the YouTube channel and why we put together a hub of some kind of free resources and free micro courses on our website is, you know, for the people that aren't able to work with us one-on-one, how can we still help to support those people that are trying to start a side hustle or trying to, you know, start their own business. So, yeah. So, so I think that would be the, that would be the ones I would say, build your forecast, um, be willing to be okay with not knowing and just start learning and just get curious about, about learning. Um, I think that will, everyone's business is going to look so much different, right? And, and what you need day one might be different than what you need on, you know, no day 100. So, um, but yeah, I think keeping that growth mindset in place along the way will will take you a, a, lar- a large part of the way there. It's such a foundational piece, mindset before mechanics. Again, in our community, that's one of the first things we do when our clients start working with us is mapping that vision and ingraining that practice of growth mindset. What do you want? We're so used to being on autopilot on right now. We've been exploring the money rules in our community. Why do you think the way you think about money, about rich people. Most of us haven't stopped to realize that one of the most important resources in our lives, what we get up to and treat a paycheck for every single day, we don't even understand the software that's running in the background and making decisions. And we can go our whole lives just running somebody else's software and not really making our own decisions. So somebody here had pulled it up in the comments and hit half of your face, but it was aligning with exactly what you were saying is, I don't think we do a good job of giving people, but especially the women, basic financial education and information about how money taxes budgeting works when we are younger. So it's especially overwhelming to even start thinking about it as an adult because we don't know so much. And when we become moms, our cash flow changes overnight, right? We go on maternity leave in Canada. If you're listening in Canada, then there's this 12 month or 18 month period if you take a longer leave where your cash flow will change and then uh, probably at the end you'll owe some money to the government nobody really tells you that I was lucky a mentor told me like budget a thousand dollars and lo and behold it was a thousand dollars that I had to pay and then the tax implications and the tax credits so it was a pretty scary time and what I wish I had told myself is that you know Kenya you're smart, you've worked it out, you've landed on your feet, you've packed up two suitcases and came to Alberta and you got a job pretty much overnight, right? So you're going to be okay. And that's one of the messages I would like to send to moms listening is that even though if your numbers feel scary, think about everything that you've survived and accomplished in the past and your ability to be resilient and grow. And I think your numbers can reflect that. In fact, your numbers are often very much in alignment of not always with your growth mindset truly right how you think and how much you open yourself up to to growing your wealth to being a successful entrepreneur it starts with a belief that you can do it what you know we had a question and reflecting on today's session in 25 years when you are looking back and I imagine you're sitting on a beach with your daughter and you're looking back on 
the time she spent growing up with you, how she's observed you as a working mom, as an entrepreneur, as a woman who took risks, as a woman who tried to take the, the make the world a better place. What were your daughter, what are three things she would say about you that she admired about you, that she remembered about growing yeah. up with you as her mom? Okay, I love that question. Okay, the one thing I wanna say about the thing before is like, if you feel overwhelmed about your numbers, like remember that like you are so powerful as a woman that you actually brought like another human into life. So you can figure out your numbers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I honestly think for me, one of the things that really does drive me is trying to figure out how can I be a really good role model so that you know, my daughter may or may not want to be an entrepreneur when she grows up, but especially as a single mom, um, that's like, I, I am a single mom. So I feel sometimes that there is this stigma or there was this sense that like it's kind of like it's in society there's still this element of kind of like looking down on like oh poor single mom um and and I want her to realize that that doesn't have to be the case so I really want her to um I want her to realize like your time is incredibly valuable. And what mm -hmm. I was finding was I was in a corporate career where I it was a cushy enough job that I could have just you know, continue to collect a paycheck for however long, but it's like, you realize you have one life to live. And mm -hmm. so your time is valuable. You're on this planet for a reason. So I want that to kind of be something that resonates with her. I want kind of a sense of pride of being able to say like, okay, hey, if my mom was able to do this, what, what can I do? And I know, especially in the earlier years when um, I've been on my own with her since she was in diapers, but especially in the earlier years, it's, it's sometimes tough, right? It's, it's tiring. It's like being a mom is physically tiring. And a lot of times I would think back to my great grandmother who I actually never met, but I just heard stories of her. And she was, you know, she was someone that her back then women didn't really support themselves. So he died of a heart attack suddenly and she had four children under the age of four because there was twins and I wow. just thought like wow it but but it kind of motivated me in in an interesting way like someone that I didn't know but just kind of heard those stories and you kind of channel that sense of like if this was something that someone in my family was able to do it kind of made me realize okay I've got a lot of strengths and resources that I can pull on here um so yeah I want you know I want to kind of live my life in a way that Hopefully, maybe someday when I'm long gone, there could be kind of a story that could kind of motivate, you know, my great, 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 great. You know, it's just, it's one of those yeah. things that I think sometimes it helps me just to kind of get out of my own comfort zone, you know, and, and that was the thing that I, I struggled with quite a bit was, you know, I, I have kind of this option of like, I can live a very comfortable life and nothing bad is going to happen or I can take this one chance and um, kind of try to build something that I would be really proud of with my life. So yeah, I, I hope that it empowers her to realize that yeah, she can, I hope that she'll set bigger dreams and bigger goals than what I've set for myself. And, and I hope that it can kind of be a cascading effect. Yeah. I and love maybe that. Enjoy, uh, <laughs> maybe enjoy a fancy little drink with a, with one of those umbrellas on the beach. <laughs> so. that, that's a nice symbol of vacation, right? When, when <laughs> right. But it's so powerful and I couldn't agree more. We have one life to live. And I think of my own entrepreneurial journey and when I decided to take the leap and quit my corporate job that provided me that sense of security. And it's one of the best decisions I made because I was holding on to that false sense of security truly and when I let go it liberated such a huge amount of creative energy of freedom of 
really betting fully on myself. And there's an exercise I like to do. And I look back on notes in November when I was, when things were a little bit rough and it's called fear setting. So you go deep down. What if all your fears really come true? And a lot of entrepreneurs, like, what if I end up on a car on the street living in my house? I had that fear, right? Where I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to end up like, yeah, that's (laughs) right. So you go through all of that and you think, okay, so if that happens, so what, what am I going to do to make things better and so you think preemptively of solutions as to if things go south because business fluctuates you have depending on what you do and especially in the beginning there are cash flow can be inconsistent but you can think well what can i do well i'll do more of these activities i'll reach out to that i can reach out for this help i can reach out for this mentorship and that's the growth mindset piece and i think that's the most exciting part and having lost quite a few family members this year i agree we don't know when our time will come and i would much rather risk the material things that anyway i can't take with me into the next (laughs) season of my life once I'm, i'm not in this body okay so like i have a house and maybe one day i will not have a house but i will i will always find a place to live i will always find a way to be resourceful i can always create and reinvent myself and there's so much freedom in that belief and not living in fear but living in hope knowing that we have these amazing resources available to us when you start to believe in your own resourcefulness you realize like okay, it, it actually is going to be okay. Yes. Um, but it's still ups and downs. Like that's so yes. true. Like there's still those kind of moments of doubt, but it's, but you realize like it, it is all going to work out. And we're so lucky in Canada to be like very, very privileged. I think to be in Canada yeah. that very few of us, very few of us actually face the true risk of, you know, I, I was like, worried I'll end up homeless, et cetera. But it's like, really the like, like that's <laughs> like not so much. So it's kind of like we have this unique privilege to be able to craft a life that really aligns with our, our vision, right? And, and no one else, no one has the same vision. Like, I think everyone has this vision inside that it, it's energizing. Like you do need to like, let it out. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be a huge growth journey along the way, but I think completely worth it. Like I, I totally agree. Like I think the best decision I ever made, though it was terrifying, was leaving a very comfortable corporate job. You know, like it was kind of like I had done all the things you're supposed to do. You go to university, you study, mm-hmm. you do all of these different things. You work your way up the corporate ladder, you get different promotions. And I realized I was like, is this really like this like is this all there is and I was like I don't I don't think so like I think it is time for another chapter and for me for me it started it meant starting my own business so much fun I hope that people listening today are inspired so as we wrap up we covered most of our questions and we got very mindset focused we talked about a couple of key tactical pieces but when it comes to understanding your numbers for our last question are there any key points that you would like to leave with our audience that are very i'd say technical what does it mean to understand your numbers what kind of stories do numbers tell yeah exactly so i think you have to look at numbers and always ask yourself so what um so the forecast what you're asking is like so what so what will i do if this happens i think um given that like probably a lot of the people listening are probably moms moms but I, I know myself when I was and dads you sometimes have dads and, dads, and moms and dads, dads. 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 
Bella. Hello, Dad. Um, but I know for myself, like one of the things I really reflected on whenever I was finishing up maternity leave was, you know, I still want to do something. I have contributions to make, but I don't know if I necessarily want it to be going back into the same kind of setting. So that was whenever my mind started to think about running my own business. Um, I think I what I wish I had have done more tactically at that point in time was um, actually plan for startup costs. So uh, one of the things that you can do that's pretty simple exercise. Um, I have a few kind of um, tips on it on my YouTube channel as well. But essentially what you do is grab a pen and a paper and brainstorm all the things that you think that you're going to need to actually start your business. Because there's this big gap between I want to start my business versus like what would it actually look like? And so by putting pen to paper, I would do it in Excel. Honestly, I would just kind of start a, a laundry list of and I break it into two different categories. One is what are the costs I'm going to incur? And then number two is what are the dollars associated with each of those costs? So what I mean by that is chances are you're going to want a website. Chances are you're going to want, you know, business cards. You're going to want, you're going to have a whole list of the different things that you yeah. want. Go through that list, go through that category of what are the different things that I'm going to need? And then start going one by one, doing a little bit of research on what they're going to cost. And then take your list of those startups and bring them to different advisors that are in your life and different people that are your mentors and people mm. that you trust or other people that are doing similar businesses and say like, this is what I think I'm going to need to start up this business. What am I missing? What am I underestimating? Like a lot of things will end up being just different costs than what you had anticipated. So I think by doing that, you start to become, it starts to become a lot more real, right? That's whenever you're starting to kind of say like, okay, so this would cost this. And, and at the end of the day, when you do your list of the different startup costs, um, you're going to tally it all up and the number will probably be bigger than, than what you would like it to be, right? And then that's where you start to get resourceful and you say, okay, well, what of these are nice to haves versus need to haves? Or how can I get resourceful to be able to trade services with someone else, right? Or you start to say, you know, what could I get later on into the future? Or you start to say, you might get an invigorated drive to kind of say like, all right, what would it take if I just worked really, really hard to make more money to be able to start this sooner, right? Or, or you might decide that like, hey, this is, this is, this is the amount that I need. I'm willing to work for it. I'm willing to make other sacrifices. And maybe that means I'm not having an extra cappuccino. To, like, but it, it'll at least start to put things into motion. So I think, I think it really is like grab your pen and paper, grab your Excel, list down all the things you think that you're going to need, get input from other people to figure out what are the costs that I've forgotten about, and then start knocking them off one by one to get some cost estimates on there. Um, on our free resources hub, we do have like a micro course that kind of takes people through some of the common categories that people forget about when they're planning their startup costs, because that there, there are some predictable areas that, you know, people will forget about permits and licenses, or they'll forget yeah. about, you know, insurance, things like that. So, um, and that's where, you know, finding different learning resources or finding people that have gone and done this path before can really help you because they can kind of say, okay, what about this? What about this? Um, yeah. But yeah, by putting it down in paper, you're kind of actually taking a very concrete step from like, this is just like, yeah, I might start a business someday to like, wow, if I really did, this is like, it just starts to make it real, you know? So yes. Um, yeah, yes. that would be my, that would be kind of my mm -hmm. tactical. If you're side hustle or full-time entrepreneur, whatever it happens to be, like take that step and, and start to just start making it a, a just one little step more real along the way. Amazing. 
All right, Carolyn. Well, for those watching, you have the website and the ticker, so financelearninglab.com. And then we also pulled up the Lemon and Stand game. So on, on Etsy, it's right there. And type here, type, you know, say hello, say replay, and then Carolyn will be watching those comments and reaching out to you to send you a pack of cards. If you if you've commented, if you're here, if you've shown yourself, if you're one of the first five, then you know you can you can receive that treat in your mail. So Thank you so much for your time. If you appreciate this show, if you find this community is of value, please invite your friends, share this show with others, tell us in the comments that you like it, let others know. Our mission here is really to put more mothers in power. We hope that moms can build more influence, more wealth. We believe that the world will be a better place when moms have more input into how we build that world. So it's in your hands, ladies. Thank you so much, Carolyn, and I will see you backstage. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now make sure to review the show notes for any information we shared today, either about our guests or from myself. And then if you're ready to take action and turn working motherhood overwhelm into your greatest advantage, then head on over to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pros and babes. Again, info in the show notes. Make sure to get the support you need to succeed in family and career and be the first to know about new live networking events and training. And of course, connect with other moms who understand exactly what you're going through as a mom with a demanding career. If you're getting value from the show, I would be so grateful if you left us a review so we can reach more moms like you, moms in corporate, competitive and STEM careers who should never be alone with a crushing overwhelm of trying to balance family and career life. See you next time. Thank you.